Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, indeed. Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. We are coming to you live on this Tuesday, June 29, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. C. And uh, as always, good to have you here with us, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, I actually am on a little bit early today, as some of you guys may have noticed, but here I am, here I am. And I uh, just want to say hello. Now we're doing a little bit of a live early show today because I have some previous engagements for this afternoon. I just want to make sure that I got to get in touch with some of you guys out there for the C report today and we'll see what's up now. In case you guys are wondering what is going on, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, some of you already know what's up. So um, we'll, we're doing a, an afternoon report today so that this way I can join uh, the lovely Loyal to the Foil uh, later on this evening um, on her program here at the Foxhole app and the many other places that Loyal is. So uh, if you guys are not doing anything post-dinner, while you're making dinner or after dinner, uh, then make sure you tune in to Loyal to the Foil where I will be, uh, you know, just uh, sitting around the old uh, water cooler and having nice old chit chat with Will Sifo. I'm very excited about it. So um, that is going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Central time. Now I have to get my time zone straight because <laughs> actually I'm not too aware of where Loyal to the Foil uh, is in regards to time zones, but I kept saying 7 p.m. and it's actually 6 p.m. my time, so she must be somewhere on the east coast, I would guess. But anyways, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it most definitely later on in this afternoon. Hey, looks like we got the Texan. He's uh, he's out and about. Hey, be safe where you are, wherever you are, Texan. We got rain in my area. Uh, actually, we have a lot of rain, it seems like, coming through the San Antonio area. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll, we will check that out. Now, before we get – so be safe, Texan. Before we get into today's show – now, today, uh, we won't be hitting up too many – well, we won't be hitting up news articles per se. Uh, what we're actually going to do is take a look at uh, Secretary of Defense – uh, retired General Lloyd uh, Lloyd Austin III. Uh, we'll jump into him later on. Now, you know, it's not so much uh, going to be one of those revelatory type of exposés. Uh, by revelatory, I do mean as in a revelation, not as in reveling. Um, but uh, what we will do is kind of look at uh, some of where he's been, for those of you who aren't too familiar with his. Now, he's been uh, appointed as Biden's Secretary of Defense, uh, basically putting him at the head of the military, uh, made 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 news being the first uh, a black man or black individual appointed as Secretary of Defense. Of course, that all matters nowadays, especially when you're considering uh, this whole wokeism and racism and uh, white suppressionism type thing that people what was that white empowerment, all this stuff that people are talking about. So I guess we'll just say that at the head of the episode, that was a big deal for a lot of people. Um, and, and indeed, you know, I guess as, as I guess as every single person in office in uh, in the time memoriam of the United States of America, uh, it makes a big deal. And we got that like with Kamala, you know, we had our first uh, uh, Indian Jamaican female vice president. So, you know, that was a pretty big deal also, uh, at least for people who are, um, you know, counting the color of skin shades in office. Um, otherwise, if you ask me, I think it's just more important, uh, you know, what they do, how they act, how they vote and whether or not they actually uh, do the will of the people. 
Hey, what's up, Posse for Hope? I see you coming in there. Uh, did you see the real Anthony Aguirre live stream at the border? No, Posse for Hope, I did not. In fact, I am not exactly sure who Anthony Aguirre is. I've never heard of him before. But if it's someone I should know, uh, throw a link in the chat room. I don't mind. So, all right. Cool, cool, cool. And we'll let the rest of you guys. Hope you guys are having a good afternoon out there. We are live on Twitch, the Foxhole app, and on Trovo. So, uh, welcome again to all of you. Now, as I was saying, um, we do have a, a – just, we're, we're just going to take a look at um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin now. And also, um, the manner of which the wokisms have begun in the military – at the Pentagon, as well as um, uh, some of the things that they've been doing since he's been on. Now, it's only been, what, um, what, six, almost six months or so? Um, just about, I guess we're just about there. Six months. Yeah, I guess we'll be fair with that. It's 20th to the 20th. Yeah, six months. So, uh, uh, but in six months, we'll take a look at uh, some of the steps that um, uh, Lloyd Austin has initiated in the Pentagon We'll just be examining some of that stuff, kind of to put it in a nice little nugget, you know, um, and uh, and then we can move on from there. Oh, and we have a first time viewer in the house. Durdurius. Welcome, Durdurius. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, the consonants and the onsonants of your name. Um, all right, Durdurius. Well, Durdurius, since you are a first-time viewer of the Sea Report, you get slimed. No, just kidding. We don't do that here. There's no hazing at the Sea Report. What are you talking about? Uh, but yes, uh, but what we do do, Durdurius, is uh, we do a chat recap of the previous show. So uh, fasten your safety belts. I don't often engage chat too much during the show because uh, otherwise I'll be on here for four or five hours. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is, you know, some of you guys make it so pleasurable uh, to engage chat. Uh, like there's always some good conversation that's going on. Hey, they're looking up. How are you doing? How are you doing? And, um, uh, you know, but at least we get to kind of like uh, mull over it whenever we go over through the past chats from yesterday. And uh, there's no telling. There's usually some gems in there. So let's go ahead and get started before we get long underway. Uh, we have uh, Just V was in the house yesterday. Napkinator79 also. Uh, Napkinator79 gifting shades over to the Sea Report. Thank you so much. Two Rivers was in the house. Uh, Dpatriot1776. Uh, okay, we're, we're <laughs> wrapping up that unidentified flying object discussion. We won't touch that today. If you want to talk about that, well, join me later on with Loyal to the Foil. I don't know if we're going to talk about it, honestly, but you never know. It could, it could come up in conversation. That would be fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we got going on here? We had... Don S was in the house. Good to have you. Disco Daphne back. Uh, Gina from West Virginia. Uh, let's see here. And... <laughs> Oh, man, I honestly didn't get to go over all this chat when I was uh, in betwixt shows and getting everything ready. So there's no telling what might pop up today. Uh, T Anomaly was in the house. Dang, I'm at work in four hours. However, I love your show, Mr. C. Thank you so much, T Anomaly. I don't, you know, if you can't sleep and uh, the shrill of my laughter puts you to bed, that's good. <laughs> but if it doesn't, uh, uh, get some rest. Uh, or if you just can't sleep, thanks for hanging out with us. Sherry Pittsburgh was in the house as well. Belushi stopped in to say howdy. We also had Tam Growl there as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Belushi says, dude, it's easy on Telegram and Gab mirror accounts. Uh, I do have a Gab also. 
uh, I rarely use it. Um, I rarely use, like I said, any of my uh, any of my socials, um, even even Telegram. I, I don't use it. I, I kind of like uh, look at President Trump's uh, latest Telegram drops and a few other things. But other than that, I don't really do much. Uh, Dpatriot seventeen seventy six. All I ha- all I really have. All I really have is Gab at this point. I have a Facebook, but don't really use it since they started constantly censoring me and fact-checking. Yeah, I don't even have a Facebook anymore. Um, they, they took it away. Uh, Henry4570 gifted a can. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Disco Daphne. Gab pilled Foxhole Telegram. The rest are dead. You know, actually, yeah, how could I forget pilled? Uh, yeah, I do use pilled. Uh, I started putting a few memes on there, but... Um, I'm not good at memes. So, uh, you know, I, I mostly just post about the C report and the shows that we're doing over on my channel. Uh, always in Texas, you do not have to be banished to the woodshed, though, if you feel that is the proper <laughs> the proper place to be. Uh, um, I, self-flatulation is uh, it's not my style. But uh, you're more welcome to it, ma'am. You don't have to go there. Um, Just V, I used to love Bette Midler no more. Oh, yeah, we were talking a little bit about some of the celebrities uh, because I used to use Twitter as uh, my main uh, place for harassing celebrities and politicians. Uh, It was fun while it lasted. Um, I don't do it anymore, really. I I don't even use Twitter, actually. Um, But, yeah, Bette Midler, Whitney Houston, all that kind of stuff. Well, actually, there was no way that we could be, you know, uh, harassing Whitney Houston, especially since, you know, she's a, a few years in the grave. Uh, Positive Vibe 72 is in the house as well. Uh, 23 Anon, yo, Christina Fontana, aloha. Uh, I heard you. Yeah, she says here six hours till takeoff. Yeah, she's she's headed back state. Uh, well, not stateside per se, uh, but uh, um, continental contingent for the states, uh, stateside. I guess you could say that. Seize the day 9-11, also in the house. Posy for hope. Hey, there's Posy for hope. Pilled by the rabbit. Howdy from Utah. Oh, cool. Pilled by the rabbit. I didn't know you were in Utah. Um, uh, howdy, howdy from Texas. Uh, just be donating a can to soothe my throat. Could you tell I was a little scratchy yesterday, just to be? Uh, yeah, it's a little dry. Ohio Kimmy. Uh, I think Ohio Kimmy said that that was possibly your first show as well. Welcome to the C Report. Um, uh, And also gifting a cookie. I thank you for that. Yes. Um, Let's see. You're not by yourself. Uh, That's what the bunker's for. Two rivers. Whatever happened to the Red Scarf and Brass Door Knob Club? Uh, Two rivers. I think that the Red Scarf and Brass Door Knob Club is still around. Um, I don't know that they've had any recent victims uh, or I guess new members, you could say. But uh, yeah, the brass door. You know, I was just kind of wondering about this whole McAfee thing, because, uh, you know, now it's coming out that he uh, hung himself or hanged himself. Um, I guess he may have used, I don't know, uh, paper mache uh, clothing and blankets to do that, too. I have no idea. I'm not aware of the conditions of his um, imprisonment. Uh, but yeah, that's what I heard. He hanged himself. Did he hang himself on a brass doorknob or did he hang himself on the second uh, bunker of his bed? I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll look into that or maybe someone out there might know. Oh, look at all of my repeat offenders are entering into the sea report bunker. I don't know what we call that. The sea hut. <laughs> Welcome to the sea hut. <laughs> Okay, we got, uh, let's see, also we got Just V, Pilled by the Rabbit, and Monkey Toe 71. I was just talking about y'all. Wow. Uh, Speaketh their name and they shalt appear, not unlike the devil. Um, Let's see, uh, PJ Zwerink. Um, 
Also in the house, Blonde Blue Lady Q, always good to have you. Lil Bit 17, dead men don't talk. Oh no, they shout and they scream, right? Especially if you're someone like, uh, if you're someone who's like uh, McAfee, you know, if you knew this will not make any sense previously on Mr. C. <laughs> yes, indeed, Pill by the Rabbit, unless you were here yesterday, this will not make any sense. Uh, I hear people are saying, uh, is Mr. C reading comments that I can't see? Is my chat broken? What is he talking about? Can you guys imagine what it's like for people who are not on the Foxhole app, like the losers over at Twitch? And of course, I'm speaking about the trolls. Uh, um, and they're probably like, what the heck is this guy going on about? Like at what point, especially the ones who are repeat trolls, uh, cause we do have a few repeat trolls that always hop into my Twitch. Um, they're probably like, why, where is this guy? They're like at no point in the history of my assignment trolling this show. Have I ever seen that many comments come through in his Twitch, uh, chat box, uh, I can only imagine what they're thinking. Uh, they probably think I'm talking to myself. They probably think that uh, Just V and Pilled by the Rabbit and Blonde Blue Lady Q and Looking Up are all, you know, counterparts of my personality, right? And I'm just having this fun old conversation here talking to myself all by my lonesome on the Twitch app, but they can't see what you guys see. Um, obviously, they cannot see what you guys see, uh, but it always makes it a little bit of fun. So yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate my repeat offenders um, uh, giving a, a bit of a clue and helping out the new newbies, uh, the new ones who are arriving on the show. Indeed, we do a chat recap, so you won't know anything that I'm talking about unless you were here previously on Mr. C. Empress Beach to you was in the house as well. Uh, we also had, uh, let's see, who else? Do we have any more? We, let, let me see if I have any good comments here. Is there any sauce on the Pence thing? All I've heard was rumors. Uh, Dpatriot1776, now as far as um, uh, the rumors about Pence, uh, I could not provide you any more sauce than, as Posy for Hope says, videos from his victims that exist. Now, I've seen about two different victims, uh, one male and one female, the male guy, not the male man, but the male, the man, the dude, uh, you know, uh, he see, I don't know. Uh, there were a lot of people that discredited him. And again, I mean, that is, uh, that is, that was more of a, their word against his. Now he said he did have like physical evidence. I don't know whatever happened to that man. Um, all of his videos seem to be scrubbed from the internet. I'm sure that maybe some of them still exist out there. Uh, but then there is also other people who speak, um, you know, but but that that in that regard, you know, uh, there's not um, there's not any hard documentation that would have linked Pence to child sex trafficking rings uh, to uh, pedoph pedophilia. Um, or to um, um, uh, murder, I guess you could say. Uh, that would be the easiest way to put it. Uh, but sources say, you know, and I do, I do have a tendency to trust my sources. Now, when I say sources, I don't mean like some sort of government informant or some mole or some whistleblower. Uh, Mr. C is not that important. All I do is analyze the news and go with my gut um, I don't break news at the Sea Report, per se, uh, unless it's news that you haven't heard of, then that might be breaking to you. But um, that's that's just not the kind of uh, show that this is. It's it's a news analysis. Uh, and and my gut feeling, my gut, uh, what my gut says, and also uh, kind of the long view of the analysis that I've been taking in uh, as I've been following a lot of this stuff. 
uh, for over 10 years, 15 years. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I like to consider myself as having a little bit of a long view um, uh, to be speaking about the things that I speak. Uh, for example, um, we're talking about uh, um, uh, General Lloyd Austin today, and uh, I was going to be getting into the 10th Mountain Division, um, which he used to be, uh, I guess, commander of. Um, and I've also alluded to how uh, we need to clean out the swamp creatures in the military. And that was probably one of the last uh, areas of the swamp that was truly still mucked up, mired, and deep. You know what I mean? And so uh, when it came to the 10th Mountain Division, um, I remember and recall um, like at least, you know, a few weeks up, up until the inauguration, uh, people talking about the 10th Mountain Division, about the 10th Mountain Division actually being present during the inauguration of Joe Biden. And I remember that clear as day, unless it was in a totally different timeline. Um, I am I was having some trouble finding uh, I even remember them thanking the 10th Mountain Division for being present during the inauguration. I went back and I looked at the inauguration. And I could not find it. So, yeah, you know, kind of going on a long memory as well as uh, some of my gut feelings and analysis of the things that I know. Uh, it's nothing special, folks. It's just uh, the way I deliver it, I guess. But, yep, that's what we do here. So let's see here. Let's get back into it. Uh, what else did we have yesterday? Um, picturing Pence, him, Silver Shorts is... <laughs> Two Rivers, Picturing Pence with him in Silver Shorts is funny. Someone, okay, so someone had done that. I think it was a meme. Um, it wasn't It wasn't a patriot meme. I think it was like, uh, it was like a, a gay meme. Um, and it was whenever Pence was being VP and... Um, uh, you know, because he has this whole thing uh, where he was like, what, electroshock therapy and, and all this other stuff um, that they said he was into. And uh, someone had put up a meme of him like in short shorts with like muscles and, you know, rainbow colors. And it was it was really funny, actually. Uh, but yeah. So anyhow, uh, what else do we have going on here? Pausing for Hope, Tam Grell. I don't like that handle. Angel Smooch. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, I was asking about a uh, a friendly name, a friendly synonym for um, our viewer, Angel, Angel Love. <laughs> and, uh, so we came up with Angel Smooch. We came up with Angel Fish. Okay, Angel Fudge. <laughs> that was my accepted F word. That makes sense. Pulled by the rabbit. Okay. Oh, man, that's Angel F. Skeeter. Is Angel F. Skeeterberg's other screen name? Uh, I know her as a, uh, that means she has three screen names. I don't know. Blonde, blonde Blue Lady Q. Did you just out Skeeterberg? <laughs> I know her from her D-Live handle. That's why. Okay. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, I think the military switch out his round of vax. I think military distributed Oh, okay. So Posse Pope, we're talking about the vaccines here and the military and Operation Warp Speed and how the military was supposed to distribute the vaccines as per President Trump and his administration's plan. Posse Pope says, I think the military switched out his first round of vaccines, the ones that the military distributed. Hey, I mean, anything is possible. Um, anything is possible. I don't have anything, any data to support that, but hope. Uh, good enough for me. Angel Hump. <laughs> 
since 23 and on. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Two River says he should have never bragged about the warp speed and so-called vaccine. I guess he finally got the word and softened on the matter bigly. Uh, it's very, I mean, all of this is possible. I mean, but again, um, I would have to say in um, in response to him bragging about the warp speed and so-called vaccines, um, in order for him to get the fear out of everyone's eyes, ears, nose, and mouth, and soul, and heart, in regards to uh, this, because you know the job that the media was doing, you know the job that uh, you know CDC and the WHO were doing, you know the kind of job they were doing at scaring everybody uh, and, and all the spinning and lying that they were put. So I could imagine that's the only reason why he did go hard on uh, um, being very vocal about having the vaccine and having this uh, entire operation planned. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you're looking uh, at the long view of it, uh, you have people like Biden trying to take credit for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, these are the two edged swords that I guess they have to deal with sometimes the catch 22s, not to sound, uh, you know, um, cliche or anything like that. But uh, it is it is where it is where it is. We'll see where it goes from here. Empress Beach to you donated a cookie. Thank you so much for the cookie. Um, let's see here. Uh, just uh, oh, wait, not just a uh, stacks double X came into the house to drop in to say hello. Howdy stacks double X. Uh, what else do we got going on here? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Mitridate was in the house. Uh, Mitridate says uh, McAfee blew his money on drugs, hookers, and real estate. Look at Woodland Park, Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, again, I never really looked into McAfee until he died. <laughs> I knew that I used his uh, software on my computer for some years, and then, you know, I got something cheaper. Uh, not quality-wise, at least I don't think so. I mean, it, to me, you can never tell with all of these uh, these uh, su supposed software protection things and then software updates. Like, I've always been of the mind that every time my computer's doing a software update, it is simply transferring all my data somewhere else, and it needs the time to do it, and that's why it does it. Uh, Just V says, um, it is in India. I'm, we're talking about India, Mark, here, I'm sure. Uh, prices seem much higher now that, than the first of the year. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure once the media could no longer hold ivermectin in the bag, yeah, prices are going to go up. Um, that makes sense. I haven't looked into India Mart yet, but that sounds like, can you get anything else at India Mart? Uh, does India Mart do, um, um, uh, you know, uh, only off the shelf type of, <laughs> why is Mr. Z asking that question? Never you mind, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Two Rivers, Walmart, I think has it for $65. I guess we're talking about ivermectin here again. Um, <clears throat> Who are we making a baseball player? <laughs> oh, always in Texas must be talking about her grandbaby boy. They're going to make him a baseball player. They sing to him the national anthem as a lullaby. That's nice. That's kind of cool. You're going to make him a patriotic baseball player always in Texas. Sounds great. Uh, let's see here. Uh, a known resource of Mr. C is uh, c19protocols.com. I've never heard of that place. c19protocols.com. I am copying the address as we speak. Let's see what's up. Ah, very cool. Reducing risk of COVID-19 infection and severity, treatment protocols, prevention protocols, long COVID protocols, submit a protocol. And that's pretty cool. I have not seen that. That should come in handy. That seems to me like a website that should be handed out 
Um, there was another C19 website that I had featured here on the website, I mean, on the C reports not long ago, uh, but that one was in regards to the eff efficacy of um, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all the studies, all the metadata put into one website. So you could send it, you could take it to your doctor and be like, look, although, you know, they probably wouldn't look at it, right? They'd be like, that's on the internet. Anyways, um, positive hope says beauties in the eye of the holder comes from within. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, let's see here. <laughs> it must have been when I was talking about McAfee's age versus his appearance. Uh, very true, but you know, um, 475, the man looked pretty good. You know, he looked he looked pretty uh, strong and virulent, if the if that word is correct. Uh, you know, he looked like he was still full of life. Uh, and I always I always uh, I always enjoy it when I see people who defy expectations when it comes to their appearance versus their age. Not that appearance has anything to do with it. But as you know, uh, um, th that is a thing uh, for human beings and um, even even the workforce. Right. And I, I've I've uh, I've I've known several people who uh, would be considered old um, who have the life you know, life, uh, energy, uh, of like a 20 year old. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot can be said about their self care and their diet and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I've, I've also known and met people and seen people who were much younger than that and not much older than me. And yet they're already, you know, they're already pushing up roses. Just kidding. No, they're already like, you know, in their wheelchairs and they look like they're 80. Uh, you know, think about, think about, think about Celine Dion, for example. No, just kidding. We're not going to get into that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So, oh man, you know, I think the one who aged the worst was Helen Hunt. Do you guys remember who Helen Hunt was? Um, I swear it was literally, oh no, she was not the worst. She was not the worst, but we'll, we'll talk about Helen Hunt for just a sec. Helen Hunt went from looking like a doe-eyed, like teenager, like at the age of whatever age she was, I don't even know how old that woman is. And after they cut off the adrenochrome factory, she aged dramatically. I'm talking about December to April. She went from being, you know, smooth as a baby's bottom to like jowls and like lines and creases. And she looked old. I was so surprised. But she was not the worst, ladies and gentlemen. She was not the worst. Not even Celine Dion. Um, uh, the worst, which many of you probably do not know who this is, uh, in my opinion, uh, based on what I've seen, uh, was a lady by the name of Lisa Gerard. Now, Lisa Gerard was one of my favorite singers of all time. Uh, she used to be in a band or a, a musical act called Dead Can Dance. Now, this woman, you know, I never realized the extent that she was involved in Hollywood and all of that stuff, uh, because after all, I don't listen to top 40s music. Um, a lot of stuff I listen to is either underground or it's, you know, European or something like that. Well, they were uh, they were a European the European act right out of um, somewhere somewhere in mid Europe. And um, uh, they did uh, music that was could be classified more as like world music. You know, it had an uh, orchestra behind it that was, you know, live. Uh, they did a lot of like um, um, scores and uh, her her voice. She had. She had the widest range and octaves that I knew about. Uh, she could get really low. She could go really high. World music, you know, a lot of tribal influence, drums, stuff like that. 
Um, and uh, she, uh, I know when I saw her on tour, uh, because uh, I, I never thought I would see that band. They disbanded like in the 90s, early 90s. Uh, and then they did a reunion tour um, back in about 2012, 13. In fact, they're going on tour again. And I would, I'm really interested to know what she looks like now. Now, she was probably at least in her 50s, uh, maybe, maybe late 40s when I saw her just for her age. I don't know. That, that, that's not even a fair thing to say, right? But uh, she was an astoundingly beautiful and regal looking woman. And then after they shut down the adrenochrome factories, ladies and gentlemen, I saw her in a, a live performance and I, I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not. She looked like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like she got big, she got a prune face. You could tell when she walked on stage that she was super insecure because in the 30 plus years that she had been making music and doing this with her group and her former husband, no one had ever seen her look like that. She always looked like this beautiful, regal, strong woman. And all of a sudden, you know, she comes out looking like not the bride of Dracula, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, the 1994 movie with the guy that had the big old white things of hair, right? That one, she looked like that. And I, my heart dropped because I knew immediately what that was a symptom of. Of course, I'm not going to give you any sauce on that, ladies and gentlemen. If you've looked up adrenochrome and all that stuff and kind of followed that thread, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it was, it was debilitating for me as it was probably for her. Um, but then of course, um, I, I kind of woke up to that whole act. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story to tell, but I don't have time to tell it today. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just say my heart was broken. Um, okay. So let's see here. Uh, Bob blonde blue AQ says you can also go to frontline doctors.com. Um, Zoom call you and prescribe. Oh, look, I'm taking down all of this information. I mean, I don't need it. I've already had COVID like 10 times. So, <laughs> but you never know. It could come in handy. It could come in handy for someone, right? It's always good to have this information on hand. You never know when you're going to need it where I'm at. Okay. Uh, Sherry Pittsburgh says McAfee was high and drunk, but not suicidal. I'd agree to that. Oh, excuse me. Mm, I do have to pick on him though. Oh, wait, what are y'all talking about here? Uh, okay. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. Um, let's see here. Uh, he reminded me of Hugh Hefner in one of his picks. Oh, okay. So if McAfee looked like Hugh Hefner in one of his picks, um, I did not see that one. <laughs> Was he wearing that uh, that purple robe that Hugh Hefner is always seen in? Uh, let's see. Blonde Blue Lady Q, gifting shades. Thank you so much, Miss Blonde Blue Lady. Little Beth says, a uh, little bit. 17 says, first time here. Yeah. Oh, like Mr. C. Uh, great to view everyone. Eventually, all you patriots on Fox Hall are awesome. Yes, you patriots are awesome. Um, let's see here. Tam Grell, gifting a can. Cheer, she says. Thank you. Uh, that selection was a disgrace to the entire... What are we talking about here? Ah, oh, Trump rumble now has new guidelines. Okay, I'm guilty, ladies and gentlemen. I still have not been over to President Trump's rumble. I need to get on that bandwagon as quick as I can, right? 
<laughs> All right, let's see here. Um, he could have been the greatest AG ever. He chose to be one of the worst. Oh, I know who we're talking about here. We're talking about the B2 bomber, Billiam Barr, the Beluga Well booby man himself. Okay, I know I went hard on him yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I went hard on him yesterday, and apparently, not because of me, but apparently there's this firestorm about William Barr going on around right now. Well, we're going to talk about him in a little bit, because as you all probably know already, uh, President Trump did release another statement about William Barr, so we'll talk about that in just a sec. Oh, man. I, uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. We'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Vinny1765 gifted a pair of shades. Ooh, a lot of cool people in the house. Uh, thank you so much for the shades, sir. Uh, let's see what else we got. Howdy, howdy, says uh, Patriot, uh, Patriot Bird. How's it going, Patriot Bird? Um, let's see here. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Uh, William Barr turns out to be a light-footed de deep state plant. He was responsible for the slow walking. William Barr should be arrested for obstruction of investigations. See, Two Rivers seems to have the same opinion of Barr that I do. Um, of course... Uh, I did not take the time to dig up the sauce on the slow walking, but we all know and that's in regards to the slow walking I was talking about. Uh, but we know when it came to Durham and when it came to a bunch of those other investigations, um, he was, you know, taking his time. He had his thumb up his butt. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, oh, Christina Fontana. Love you so much, Mr. C. You deserve all the gold pebbles. Thank you, Christina Fontana. Uh, I'm glad you were hanging out with us. And I hope you you had a safe flight or if you're still in transit. Mary unpacking to you, Christina Fontana. Uh, let's see here. Uh, little bit 17, President Trump still walk uh, walks like he's still president. I watch body language and I have no doubt he's still our president. You know, and I think so too. And I think that's also why he's not going off the cuff on some of these issues. Um, you know, even, even in regard to... Um, even in regard to uh, the entire uh, election audit process. Now, you never hear President Trump saying, uh, the office is mine. I have the White House. It belongs to me. Kick him out. You know, do this, do that, do this. You don't hear him saying that. That would be very unpresidential like of him to do. But he is still stoking the flames of the audits because this is what needed to be done. And obviously it needed to be done by the American people. Um, I mean, like I said in the show yesterday, um, uh, Rudy Giuliani and his lawyer team, when they were doing the hearings in the five contended states, most contended states, they were giving us the blueprints. They were giving us the ammunition. They were giving us the backbone to make this move later on um, because they obviously were not going to pay attention to them to begin with. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, the judges and all those who are viewing those hearings, they weren't going to pay attention to anyways. They threw all of that stuff out on technicalities. You know, I even had a troll over in Twitch yesterday that was saying, oh, that stuff was thrown out on technicality. And I'm like, exactly. You know, you know, these things are thrown out on a technicality. And yet you're trolling me, uh, making fun of my head. Uh, just so you know, I, I happen to like the shape of my skull. Anyways, okay, so uh, throwing every and so I'm like, yeah, uh, these people are so initiated, they know everything that's going on, and yet they still make a choice. They, they choices, right? They make the choice to stand where they're standing and to say the things that they're saying. Um, I just don't get it. I'm like, especially the ones that you know are educated and that you know they know what they're talking about like they can agree with you and match you point per point and then they'll say uh you know they'll say the real republicans are the ones who are against trump 
how does that, I mean, where does that even factor into anything? We're not even talking about political parties at this point, uh, really, if you think about it. All right. Um, <laughs> RPG, everybody gets a book deal. <laughs> Wait, when were we talking about books? <laughs> uh just jewel hey just jules how's it going just jules gifted some shades because you called bar a beluga whale <laughs> hey <laughs> something stuck yeah billion bar the beluga whale b2 bomber booby boy <laughs> what else are we gonna call he's um yeah anyways okay so uh trump is planning to hammer bar question mark from tam Grell. i don't know i mean he hammered him in yesterday's statement he doubles down on it today. Uh, we'll look at that in a minute. Ooh, man. Everyone is talking about Billion Bar, the Blue Whale B2 bomber. All right. Trust the plan, says Christina Fontana. Woot, woot. Need happy news. Mahalo, Trump. Yep, trust the plan. What is the plan? Don't forget, Christina Fontana, we are the plan. So let's let's, let's make sure we're doing something. Uh, Pill by the rabbit. That's a great insight about body language to a little bit. The body tells such a story. Yep. Yeah. You can, you notice it in body language, you notice in vocal intonations. Um, you, you notice it if you know how to trust your gut. And I'm not saying that, you know how, but like, you know, it, that takes some time, you know? Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. What else we got? Let the rats expose themselves. Yes. RPG. It seems like a lot of them are in the place of doing that. Um, let's see. Boom. It's public. Uh, 17 plus percent insight. Sorry about my fat fungers. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You're making me laugh. Pill by the rabbit. Uh, let's see. Yes. Yeah, 17 plus. Okay. What else we got here? Um, patterns. Yes. We all look at patterns. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about here, Christina Fontana. She says patterns and number. Oh, patterns and numbers. Decoders activated. Hear ye, digital soldiers. Share, share everywhere. I mean, go for it if that's your thing. Um, I, I mean, I'm not a decoder myself. I just analyze things um, because, I don't know, I'm, I'm really bad at puzzles. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't even know that I consider myself a digital soldier because I never did the mean thing. Um, you know, I, 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 the only thing I did was harass celebrities and politicians. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's enough to consider me a digital soldier or not, but yeah, uh, we got barboozled, man. We are just all over bar right now. <laughs> share it to Facebook. Um, uh, one, if you shared anything, Oh, do you mean that you shared my show? Oh, thank you, Christina Fontana. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Lisbon court rules only 0.99% of verified cases died of COVID. Nuremberg 152, not 17,000 as claimed. Ooh. Okay, so this is going to get pretty saucy. I guess it's going to get pretty heavy in there. We'll, we'll see what happens. And of course, <clears throat> we will be reporting on what the headlines say here at the C Report. Okay, so <laughs> nothing is too big for God, too almighty. God be the glory, says little bit 17. Uh, amen to that. Um, let's see here. Uh, the buffering start. Oh, we didn't have any buffering. Um, let's see here. What, what else have we got going on in the chat? We had some donations coming in from Empress Beach to you, gifting a cookie, and then Blonde Blue Lady Q gifting a phone. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, DJT calling, will you accept? Oh, as, as if Blonde Blue Lady Q, of course I would. But, uh, you know, he's got he's got a lot more important things. I, I ain't going to pretend to pretend about that. The Okay, the only thing, the only thing, ladies and gentlemen... I'll share this with you just because you guys come in and hang out with me. Um, 
I sent him a poem. Um, now that would be my dream. I don't, he doesn't got to give me the skinny on anything. My dream would be to like read that poem during his inauguration. Uh, but that's, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Let me, cause you remember when Obama had his inauguration and he had that, I don't even remember what it was. It was a woman and she was like, I hear the beatbox down on the street and I know there's hope. I was like, what is this? Like, come on. Anyways. Okay. Enough about that. All right. Um, a little <laughs> as a, and there's no other president I'd want to read this poem for. It wasn't written for that. It was written for America inspired by, you know, the Trump administration. So that's about it. And I'm not, I'm not going to share it uh, vocally ever probably. Um, unless I get to read it at the inauguration or I publish it in a book. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Anyways. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, people that keep codes for me. Okay. So I think we're almost towards the end of gremlin Monday says RPG. I like that. I like the gremlins. The Texan was in the house. Hey, Hey, Texans here and there. Uh, I'm finally here. Sorry, you guys visit, uh, always in Texas, Christina Fontana, just feed pill by the rabbit. Oh, okay. Sorry guys. See, normally I will parse through these before I get on the air, but you know, today was an early day. So, uh, that's why I haven't quite seen what was going on. Uh, I'm going to be as surprised as you guys are about what's going on. Um, pilled by the rabbit still in the house. Uh, another donation from uh, Just V donating a can. Can't have two 33s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to get on that one. Uh, let's see here. Blonde Blue Lady Q gifting shades. Oh, you guys are very, very generous. Uh, um, and then a cookie from Empress Beach to you. Thank you so much. The Speak and Easy was in the house. Uh, let's see here. Posse for Hope. They are criminals, never held accountable. This is too true. Left MD. Garland is a douche. Welcome, Left MD. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, okay, I think we're just about at the end of yesterday's chat recap. Michigan, guarantee you won't see Maryland there. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're seeing some, uh, some, some pretty crazy stuff going Maryland. Oh, I suppose you're talking about Maryland in Arizona, right? Yeah. Uh, CJM CJM 61 says Arizona is rocking it. Uh, there's already a law in place. The Democrat party unlawfully changed voting regulations during a voting year. Yes, that's true. A little bit 17. And of course they use the cover of the emergency COVID, uh, contact system, to kind of um, overcome and overdo that. Um, there are a lot of patriots here in Michiganistan, but there's also a lot of dumbs, dumb masses. See there, see the everyday driving on the roads. That's Henry 4570. Uh, thank you for the report. From far away, Pennsylvania state legislature passed the bill prohibiting the VAX passport. It has been sent to Governor Wolf to sign. We'll see if Governor Wolf signs it. That should be interesting. Uh, let's see here. Thank God for Arizona standing up, says uh, from far away, always in Texas, uh, where I live. I, we think old people and teenagers need to drive cars that melt in the rain. Ah, ha, ha. Uh, indeed. Uh, let's see here. Um, Washington State was sent there. Yes, Washington was in the house of Arizona. Um, a friend of mine drove a trucking company there. He quit a couple of years ago and moved to Florida. Um, let's see. I guess you're talking about Michigan, perhaps. Um, let's see here. Special guest. Woohoo. Mm -hmm. The devil's from Georgia and they busted bigly. Yep. I would say so. But I mean, Georgia's bust guys like Georgia is like everything that's going on in Georgia. Oh my goodness. CJM 61. The devil went down to Georgia and he was looking for an election to steal. I love it. 
hands off to you, CJM61. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting kind of distracted. Okay. All right. I think we're about the end of a blind spot was in the house. Wow. My chat started working. I'm glad it did. Blind spot. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I just want to make sure I catch every cap. Cap 1Q was in the house uh, also as well. Yeah, my uh, my uh, chat recaps are never this discombobulated if you're brand new to the show. So <laughs> thanks for hanging in there. Okay, so Henry4570 says, I say I still say that printing company that burned in New York and all the machines that disappeared have ties to all of what was going on. I believe, yeah, I remember that happening. I remember there was some... Uh, a printing company and you know they're i mean all of that they're gonna have to trace all of that stuff where did these uh these things come from because i'm getting sick and tired of the trolls in uh in twitch i'm getting sick and tired of them going on about the bamboo paper like that's all that they have like anytime i talk about the election audit all they say is bamboo paper from china you know or or like panda bear paper like that's all they say it's so annoying i'm like where did you guys even get this from like i've never heard anything about bamboo paper so that's how you know, obviously, they all have one source of talking points, and then they all just scatter those talking points throughout everything and everywhere. And it's just, it's it's annoying as heck. Like, it's, that's all they can say is bamboo paper. Bamboo paper, bamboo paper, bamboo paper. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and wrap. Uh, Deborah Erdman was in the house. <laughs> what he's saying he wants on an all illegals to vote. Uh, I suppose so. The black and white label did not come from our ancestors, but from Kabbalistic Illuminati with symbolic gestures of demeaning and add a division. Yes, two rivers. Ah, you guys, y'all guys are pretty deep into that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll talk about the Kazarians on here, right? I hear if you talk about the Kazarians, you get shut down. So that's that's interesting. The law says if you're a felon incarcerated, you have no rights to vote. Yep, they're trying to undo all of that, of course. Um, let's see here. And then, yep, it's sad. It sure is sad. It's very sad indeed. Okay. 45 Henry 70 <laughs> gifting a can. Thank you. And, uh, I think that is going to be, oh, yep. That is a wrap. That is a wrap for yesterday's chat recap. We also had lurking in the shadows, drailing rail anon. And, uh, I think that's it. P quest. Oh no. P quest said hello. Um, it's because and classical chick. It's because you know whenever they they collect their gold pills, <laughs> it pops up. So we can see, and it, you know it doesn't matter if you're if you're lurking or if you're just silently watching. Um, I always I always uh, never minded that. It's it's just good to have uh, people along with. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for yesterday's chat recap. I'm sorry I struggled to get through it, uh, but let's go ahead and get into today's news. Oh, but first I got to say hello. Let's see what we got going on here. Oh, man, you guys are lighting it up. Texans in the house. Durdurius is in the house. Posse for Hope. Looking up. Just V. Pilled by the Rabbit. Monkey Toe 71. Depatriot 1776. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Tam Growl is also in the house. Welcome, Tam Growl. Uh, and uh, Ohio Kimmy, thank you for donating the cookie. All right, going to spoil my dinner, but that's quite all right. Carrie Lake, how you doing, Miss Carrie Lake? And let's see here. Also, we got speeding through, speeding through, speeding through, speeding through. Are we there yet? I think we're there. I think we're there. 
Uh, oh, oh, I missed something. Napkinator Gay, Napkinator Sig9, thank you again, and thank you for gifting the shades over. I do appreciate you, sir. And we have Vanguard360 in the house. Le welcome to, oh, oh, well, thank you, Vanguard360. Uh, GQ, <laughs> I appreciate that. And Blonde Blue Lady Q, oh, Blonde Blue Lady Q, did you just get in? Uh, we've been talking about you all afternoon long. Slaybells72, hey, Slaybells, are you related to J Bell? No, just kidding. <laughs> And oh, real quick, Tam Growl is asking how Sister C is doing. Uh, Sister C is uh, much improved. Um, <clears throat> so just as a quick, you know, update to that, uh, she is uh, uh, she no longer has to be face planted. So that's a good thing. Now, for those of you who are wondering what that's all about, uh, there was a, an oil bubble behind her. Uh, retina so that it could re assist with the reattachment. So the doctor ordered she'd be face planted. For three days. Now, had it been the gas bubble, it would have been a whole week. So, um, you know, she she went ahead. Uh, they went ahead and gave her the oil bubble face planted for three days. Um, she's up right now. And now she's uh, flexing that eye muscle. Um, and I think she's actually watching the report right now. If you're watching, sis, hello. And uh, yeah, so she's doing much better. Thank you for asking. And, uh, um, you know, still on the road to recovery. Still, still not... Uh, out of the woods 100%, but you could see the tree lining and the daylight on the other side. And she can too. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go ahead and get into today's C report. Now, as always, President Trump leads at the C report. Oh, he looks so small. How do I get that? <laughs> oh, we don't want him like that. Come on now. Come on now. There we go. That's better. Okay. President Trump leads at the sea report, as always. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about some of President Trump's statements. All right. Okay. Uh, now, we'll start with the heavy one, since we were already on the topic of uh, Beluga Whale, Billiam Barr. But my sister's like, you call him Billiam. I was like, I know. <laughs> it's because he's the B2 bomber. Bill Barr, William Barr, Billiam. Anyways, okay. All right, it doesn't have to stick, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing has to stick here at the C-Report. Uh, so in his statement, uh, President Trump calls Bill Barr slow-moving Bill Barr. So apparently I had something right, right? Okay, so it says, Jonathan Carl's story on slow-moving Bill Barr is made up beyond any level imaginable. It is, in other words, fake news. I lost confidence in Bill Barr long before the 2020 presidential election scam. It was when he dismissed and did not act on the very powerful Horowitz report and instead gave everything over to John Durham, who has seemingly disappeared from the planet. Can you even believe a report coming out during the Biden administration? We caught them, but unfortunately didn't have an attorney general who was capable of acting and wouldn't go against his friends in Washington, D.C. Barr was a swamp creature who was devastated when the radical left wanted to impeach him. He and other rhinos, you see it all the time, always fold. If he becomes less for President Trump, maybe they will leave him alone. It takes a very strong and special person to go against the mob. Bill Barr was not that person. Despite evidence of tremendous election fraud, he just didn't want to go there. He was afraid, weak, and frankly, now that I see what he is saying, pathetic. The facts are rapidly coming out in states and courts about the 2020 presidential election scam. 
And let's see if Bill Barr, a man who was unable to handle the pressure, was correct. The answer will be a resounding nay <laughs> or no. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there you have it. I mean, I get uh, that a lot of us out there in the news analysis and pseudo reporting field cannot exactly per se lay down 100% of the smack. You know, put take your money to Vegas, you know, when it when is what I'm kind of saying uh, on some of these things. We could be wrong. You know, we could most definitely be wrong. And it happens. And, you know, that's why I'm always the kind of person that would change my opinion if the facts presented themselves to be the case. Um, I just, you know, when it comes to Bill Barr, after the things I heard about him from the people that I heard about him and then some of the things that I saw him do. Uh, I just, I didn't put my faith back in him. Now, should Bill Barr, the Beluga well, you know, B2 bomber, suddenly become the ray of light that everyone needed him to be? Great. Um, you know, should he walk back his opinion on the 2020 presidential election fraud uh, later on? I mean, okay, that's fine. But here's the point of the matter. Even if he does say, I was wrong, I was wrong, there really was election fraud. There's not a damn thing he can do about it because he's no longer the attorney general. So what the hell does it matter? A little bit too late. I don't know. A little bit too less. So I just, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me. This guy is a write-off. Um, I, I I don't, I wouldn't, I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he served his purpose. Apparently he served his purpose. Apparently um, he did some of the things he, I mean, everyone kind of like uh, sucks on his, sorry. <laughs> Everyone nibbles on his ball sack because, you know, he stood up against Antifa and he did all these other things. But I mean, we're talking about a presidential election coup. We're talking about affidavits and affidavits and all this evidence fraud. We're talking about numbers that just don't add up. And uh, he called it bullshit, to be quite frank. And I'm not I mean, I'm not trying to be quite you guys. Don't, I'm. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> Anyways, enough about that. Okay, like, he called it bullshit. Like, he didn't just say, I don't see any evidence. He said, it's bullshit. Like, he said it. It's bullshit. I mean, so, I mean, and this, we're talking, I mean, this was like 11th hour. Was this indeed 11th hour betrayal by Billion Bar, the B2 bomber, Beluga Whale, Boobies Boy? No. I mean, even, even President Trump said when it came down to the Horowitz report, you know, um, and what do we see in the Horowitz report? We saw those uh, those many errors that took place, uh, what, in the paperwork? I mean, is that not enough to move on something? Um, so uh, that, there's that. And then, of course, you know, uh, they say it was actually Billion Barr, the B2 bomber, Beluga Whale, Booby Boy, who um, is actually the one who put Durham in that position uh, to do that investigation, to create the Durham report, right? And now Durham has disappeared. We don't know that he'll ever come out. I'm not putting my money on it. I mean, like President Trump said, does anyone believe that Durham will show up and deliver this report during, you know, illegitimate Joe's, uh, you know, uh, time in office? Doubtful. Will John Durham appear after Biden's been taken out of office and Trump is instilled as the president or wins another election and becomes the president? I mean, maybe, but I mean, that's like what? Anywhere between one, two, three years to four or five years down the road? 
And, and then everyone that was in the report will either have flown the coop, uh, gone to the moon or died. You know, like we needed that now. You know, they had every they had all their ducks in a row. But, you know, if Billiam Barr, the B2 booby beluga whale bomber boy, did, in fact, put Durham in that position to do that report. And now Durham has gone and, you know, he's he set sail to greener pastures. And, and Bill Barr has come out as being this man who was, in fact, not on, you know, President Trump's side or I should say the side of the American people, you know, um, uh was maybe, maybe Billiam Barr, the B2 Beluga Whale Bomber Boy boobies and Durham are off, you know, on the moon together. Like, who knows? Like, we can't tell now. We can only speculate. You know, I try not to speculate too much, but sometimes it's fun. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of the way that goes. So uh, an answer to anyone who was, you know, uh, kind of on the, on the, uh, on the, um, on a fence about, you know, uh, um, the B2 bomber, Beluga Well, Booby Boy, Billion Bar. Um, I would say, uh, listen to your president. <laughs> you know, who cares if Billion Bar comes out later and says, oh, well, um, you know what? President Trump was right. I was wrong. Well, you're not AG anymore, Billion Bar. You don't do any good for us now that you uh, walk back everything that you said. That's just kind of the way I feel about it. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know, guys. I don't, I'm not. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. What's the next statement from President Trump? So sad to see certain rhino Republican senators go back and forth to the White House and continually get nothing for infrastructure or anything else. When will they learn that they are being played with and used by the radical left and only bad things can happen? Should have never lost the Senate in the first place. Thanks, Cocaine Mitch. I, I said cocaine. Uh, new leadership is needed and fast. You know, the uh, the whole infrastructure thing was such a joke. I didn't even look at it. Like, uh, it was the infrastructure thing, and there was another thing that they were talking about. I didn't care to examine on the C-Report. I was like, what's the point? Like, we all know this is stupid. and like Not like HR1. HR1, the For the People Act, I had to talk about that on the C-Report because obviously they were using that to try and legalize all of the election fraud that they committed in 2020. That's what the point, uh, and, and to help them steal elections later on, but under the cover of a new law, so it's legal for them to steal elections. That's what that would have been all about. Had to cover that. That was a no-brainer. But when we get to this like infrastructure stuff and, and other things like that, you know, like it's like, I, uh, no one really believes what's going on with that anyway, so why waste y'all's time? Uh, next statement, CNN ratings are down 70%. MSDNC is all also way down. Actually, they are all way down. They say the news is boring since I left DC. Morning Joe, Joe Reed, whoever that is. Nicole Wallace, whoever that is. Jake Tapper and even Chris Wallace at Fox in Freefall. A wonderful thing to see. And I will agree with that, Mr. President. I will agree with that indeed. All right. So that wraps up the Trump statements for today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into. Oh, whoops. I guess I had a picture of Billion Bar for you guys, but yeah, I failed. Oh, look at this. This is actually that article that was written about Billion Bar. <laughs> I read through it. 
Um, you know, it was just basically like they're trying to save face for William Barr. Uh, they're trying to say that, you know, he, he was going to do it, but there just wasn't enough. And they're looking at all this other stuff. It wasn't. Yeah, it was nothing. I was thinking he was going to say, I don't know. When I heard the story about slow moving him, will slow moving William Barr being fake news, I was like, oh no, he's gonna be like, William Barr did not slow walk all of my stuff and fast paced speed walk all of Joe Biden's stuff. I was like, oh, President Trump is gonna prove me wrong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about this man now. Uh, okay, so you guys, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have an idea of what's going on with, um, um, you know, this general uh, retired Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin III. Uh, we kind of got his number. Um, um, but yes, we are going to be talking about him here today. Uh, so <clears throat> what we'll start with, what we'll start with is uh is the hearing heard around the world okay so this was what on june 23rd they were having a hearing and this was actually over the budget okay they're talking about the military budget uh and approving it and you know tweaking it and getting it nice and better i watched you know, most of it i watched about two hours of the four-hour presentation um and uh <clears throat> you know just a lot of people like uh nothing like whenever john mccain had lloyd austin up against the wall and of course you know when john mccain is going toe-to-toe with uh, at that time i believe uh lloyd austin was a commander uh, over in iraq uh in the middle east um, you know that when John McCain's going toe-to-toe with a military general, and we're talking about military industrial complex McCain, right? That something's up. Um, John McCain kept on pushing him to set up a defense buffer in Syria <laughs> uh, to help the rebels. Well, he said the refugees. To help the refugees. Right, John McCain. John McCain, good old Taliban McCain. <laughs> We definitely want to set up, uh, we, we definitely want to invade Syria, set up our own defense buffer to fight the rebels. I mean, to fight, the, to, to protect the refugees when, you know, in fact, you know, we were using a proxy army to invade Syria. That would have worked well, John McCain. John McCain didn't get what he wanted in that hearing. That was between he and this man here, Lloyd Austin. Uh, it was an interesting exchange. Lloyd was like, why, why are you asking me these questions? Like, he's like, he's like, no, I don't think that uh, that it would be wise to set up a buffer area. And John McCain, so you don't think it would be wise to help a bunch of refugees? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so anyways, all right. So since that time, uh, Lloyd Austin has been um, um, uh, made the Defense Secretary of the United States under President-Select illegitimate Joe Biden. Um, and uh, the big thing here was that he's the first black American to have that position. So congratulations for cracking that brass ceiling, uh, General Lloyd Austin retired the um, third. But before we get into uh, some of his history, uh, and, and a lot of this, some of y'all might know, but we're going to, you know, encapsulate it for those who don't. Uh, let's, let's, let's look at that video from June the 23rd. Uh, when uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is questioned by Matt Gates in regards to the wokeness of um, <clears throat> the military and uh, critical race theory, and just for you know, just for you know, gags and goofs, we'll also listen to General Milley um, um, throw a temper tantrum about his white 
maleness. So, uh, yeah, I know you guys saw it, but let's take a look at it. Mr. Secretary, why was Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer relieved of his command? It was a decision made by his uh, by his chain of command, and typically uh, those decisions are made based upon either having confidence or a lack of confidence. This is issue is under uh, investigation by the IG, and so I won't co comment any further on that. In my previous discussions with service members and particularly officers, I would hear about complaints over parts not arriving on time, long deployments. And in my more recent discussions with those officers, the number one issue that they raised to me with concern, often unable to speak publicly for fear of the type of retribution that Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer faced, they say that your stand down regarding extremism did not help our military and hurt the military. And I, I want to share with you that perspective that it caused service members to otherize one another. It impaired group cohesion. And interesting to me is that I've heard those sentiments most frequently from units that are majority minority, uh, that that this was not particularly helpful. So I'm, I wanted to give you the opportunity to maybe share with us more specificity regarding the definitions that seem to be a challenge when Ms. Hartzler was asking questions. How should the Department of Defense think about critical race theory? Can I make a comment? Uh, Secretary, I'm sorry. Well, I'm very limited on my time, General Mills. Well, I, I just want to make a comment that the well, I know, but I've, 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 I've asked the question to Secretary Austin. I, I don't know what the what the issue of critical race theory is and what the relevance here uh, in with the department. We do not teach critical race theory. We don't we don't embrace uh, critical race theory, and I think I think that's a spurious uh, uh, conversation. And so we are focused on extremist behaviors. And and not uh, not ideology, not not uh, not people's thoughts, not people's uh, uh, political orientation, behaviors is what we're focused on. And one final point, and thanks for your anecdotal uh, input, but I would say that I have gotten ten times that amount of input, fifty times that amount of input uh, on the other side that has said, "Hey, we're 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 glad to have had the ability to have a conversation with ourselves and with our leadership." And that's what we need to and, make and sure again, that reclaiming we're reclaiming my time, Mr. Secretary. It, it may be that you're receiving that input in the ratios you describe because it was your directive. It may be that people are concerned about criticizing your decision because Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer was not relieved of his command for his actions. He was not relieved of his command because of poor performance regarding his duties. He was relieved of his command precisely because of his thoughts and because of his critique of critical race theory. It is particularly helpful that you have said that the Department of Defense does not embrace critical race theory and that you think the discussion is, is not appropriate. I would suggest that it is the ideology that is not appropriate. And it is particularly concerning to me that you have hired a critical race theorist to give you advice on personnel matters. And that person is Bishop Garrison. And I would particularly observe that on July 27th, 2019, Bishop Garrison tweeted regarding former President Trump, he's dragging a lot of bad actors out into the sunlight, normalizing their actions. And here's the relevant part. If you support the president, you support that. There is no room for nuance in this. There is no more, but I'm not like that talk. And then he replies to his own tweet with what seems to be a very 
ethno-nationalist hashtag, hashtag Black44. Could you enlighten us as to what advice Mr. Garrison has given you? And are you concerned that while you testify publicly to our committee that the department doesn't embrace critical race theory, you have hired someone who is precisely a critical race theorist? This, this is the first I've ever heard uh, uh, Mr. Garrison be described as a critical race theorist. So this is new. And, did you, and I'm, I'm did sure you review his tweets before you hired him personally? Did you, did you review his tweets before you hired him? I, I did not personally review his tweets. I would just ask that maybe that that be helpful. Is there anything you can share in just these final seconds regarding any advice he's given you? Let, let me let me just share one other thing that you brought up, uh, Congressman, about the input that comes to me. You know, I trust my leadership from top to bottom that they will give me fair uh, and, and balanced and unvarnished input. And for you to say that uh, people are telling me uh, what they want to hear, what I want to hear, I get it, but I'm smart enough to that know does that. happen. Uh, yeah. And, you know, maybe they're telling you what you want to hear. Well, I don't know that they even know what yeah, I want to hear. Time has expired. Mr. Brown is recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Chair, and thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. I know my time is very precious, but I would like to yield some of my time to General Milley because I know that he had some comments that he wanted to make when Representative Gates was talking, as well uh, as Mr. Waltz, about a similar subject of the stand down and, and race theory. Would you like a minute or so to comment on that? Do you remember what we were, what your line of questioning or thought was there? Um, sure. Um, first of all, on the issue of critical race theory, et cetera, I'll, I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, but I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out. I want to maintain an open mind here, and I do want to analyze it. It's important that we understand that because our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and guardians, they come from the American people. So it is important that the leaders now and in the future do understand it. I've read Mao Zedong. I've read, I've read Karl Marx. I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. So what is wrong? with understanding, having some situational understanding about the country for which we are here to defend. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started in Harvard Law School years ago and it proposed that there were laws in the United States, anti-bellum laws prior to the Civil War, that led to uh, a power differential with African-Americans that were three quarters of a human being when this country was formed. And then we had a civil war and emancipation proclamation to change it. And we brought it up to the Civil Rights Act in 1964. It took another 100 years to change that. So look it, I do want to know. And I respect your service and you and I are both Green Berets. But I want to know. And it matters to our military and the discipline and cohesion of this military. And I thank you for the opportunity to make a comment on that. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, oh, Millie, Millie, Millie. That is not my favorite Millie. I can tell you that for sure. Um, you know, when it, com when it comes to, at least for me, when it comes to a lot of these people like Millie and Austin, 
there's always like the little clues that you kind of pick up on. Now, does it necessarily mean that just because, you know, General Lloyd Austin served on the board of Raytheon, right? Does that, does that mean that he's going to be a bad guy? Does that mean that he's going to be uh, beholden to the military industrial complex and he's going to do everything that he say and he's basically going to swipe his uh, oath of office and his uh, to the Constitution? Does that mean that? No, it doesn't mean that. But generally speaking, they do. And uh, when it comes to things like that, that's when I rely more on my gut than I do anything else. Because uh, you can kind of tell. Like with this Millie guy... I say Millie guy, right? Let me, let me blow him up again. Like, I could just, I could see them, I could see him sitting there, like, I don't know, with, like, a garter belt and, like, a teddy on. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I just, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I just, something's wrong with that guy. Like, I said the same thing about Anderson Cooper when I was, like, not even awake and I was, like, still a teenager. I was like, that guy's a freak. I could tell. And then it comes out that he's a freak. Anyways. <laughs> So, okay. All right. So, all right. So let's, let's talk a little bit. So that was the exchange there that that's kind of been what everyone's been talking about when we're talking about Lloyd Austin, the Millie, the Pentagon, wokeness and Matt Gates, right? Like this was a, again, this was a, um, this was a, a hearing on their budget. You know, uh, they were talking about how they need. Now, this is another thing that brings them to the woke aisle, right? Now, like I said, guys, I don't like the term woke. Like, I use that word and I use that term more, I don't know, derogatorily than anything else because we are awake. The left is what's woke. The left are the ones who are all woke and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, that's just. That's that's the way I've always known that word to be used. The first time I heard woke, it was in reference to liberals, lefties, communists, SJWs, you know, the social justice warriors, progressives, AOC, the squad, Bernie Sanders. That was woke. OK, at least from this patriot's point of view. That's why I don't I don't call myself woke because I'm not woke okay like i don't care about uh you know uh white aggression i don't care about that stuff you know that's that's woke you know <laughs> hollywood went woke pentagon went woke uh the state department went woke um all of that woke 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 stuff is just that that to me has always been a leftist term uh, how you identify a lefty that's the way it's always been since i've been awake and since that uh, term became popular, I don't know, probably back in like 2018 or something like that. So anyways, so uh, um, let's see here. Uh, that, that's not to dig on anyone that uses the term woke or describes themselves as woke, who's a patriot. Just mind you, I'm not digging at anyone. I'm just explaining my perspective. Um, OK, so uh, Lloyd Austin. All right. So. OK, so now, like I was saying, this guy, he used to serve uh, on the board of Raytheon. But prior to that, let's get into some of his military history. Uh, he is a retired four star general and a graduate of West Point. Uh, he served in the army for 41 years during the Obama administration. He led the United States Central Command and oversaw Middle East operations he was the 12th commander of the United States Central Command, CENTCOM, making history again by being the first black commander. Uh, prior to that role, Austin was the 33rd vice chief of staff of the United States Army and the last commanding general of the United States Forces, Iraq Operation New Dawn, until 2011. So the man has some experience, obviously. I mean, look at the, uh, the lapels and all the stars he's got going on. Like, you can't take that away from him but 
You know, I don't know if you guys ever heard about, have you ever heard the story about the rogue generals? Like, um, I thought there were four, but apparently there's five of them. And one of them is like, you know, as old as the hills and looks like Emperor Palpatine. I think that he and George Soros could have like an Emperor Palpatine lookalike match. Uh, um, but apparently it is the generals, these four retired generals, uh, who are among them? Um, we got, uh, we got, we got, we got uh, J J Jim Jones as being one of them. Uh, McChrystal as being another one. Um, the other two don't come to mind. If you guys know who I'm talking about, you can pop it in the chat. But apparently, allegedly, supposedly, um, I don't even know if I could say hypothetically, though, it is these guys who have been the ones who are actively arranging all of these moves against the American people. Like when we were talking about IIA, interact, Internet Interactive Activity, Interactive Internet Activity, when we were talking about the way that they were using these kinds of software systems and computer systems to uh, engage the Middle East, to engage people in other countries, uh, to take down their enemies and all that stuff, uh, that was them. OK. And then when we were talking about how it was uh, that the um, it was the the C the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the three letter agencies. And of course, NSA through their 72 hour hold, the 702 uh, pr privileges that they have on all of our data that we see that all that data was being uh, um copied and sold to, sold to companies that were being run by these rogue uh, retired generals like General Jim Jones, okay? So anyways, all that stuff is from Shadowgate. If you want to go check it out, it's at Shadowgate. That's I'm not going to get into all of the technical stuff about it, but we already, we already had a watch party for Shadowgate and talked about it. Um, but okay, so when I think about these guys, because then they all sit on the heads of like these huge, like a uh, military contracting uh, uh, businesses like Raytheon and like Raytheon is like the number three. I wouldn't doubt if it's number two now, but it was the number three when it came to military contracts and defense equipment stuff. So uh, we're talking like what uh, it was. Uh, Raytheon was the world's largest weapons manufacturer. Uh, the company makes jets, uh, fighter jet engines, high-tech sensors and radar systems and other weapons. Um, they've sold billions of dollars worth of weapons to the Middle East at Middle Eastern allies in recent years. Uh, like it's a big, it's a big thing, right? And then, so of course, whenever you have uh, a retired general who's then going to be acting as the secretary of defense, the, basically the lead, the head of the army or the armed services, you know, they have this, uh, they have this uh, cooling off period that they have to go through. Uh, that's supposed to be what, like seven years or something like that. Uh, and that's because uh, obviously there is a question of unethical ties that could be going on here. You have someone who is working uh, on the board of a military uh, a defense contractor now working for the military stands to reason that they might want to start a war so they can get their company some money. Right. So, you know, they can't be doing that. They have to have unethical ties. Uh, uh, I mean, ethical ties, I guess, would be like uh, what? Um, would be like, I guess, being redundant, right? Uh, but, um, but you know, and then they have to wait about seven years. So there's not a whole lot that could be said about, uh, you know, um, Lloyd Austin's cooling off period. He was retired four years before uh, illegitimate Joe tapped him to be the defense secretary. But to be fair, 
Uh, it was kind of the same situation with uh, Mad Dog Mattis whenever Trump tapped him to be his secretary of defense because he had gotten a waiver, Mad Mattis had, and so too did Lloyd Austin. So Lloyd Austin got a waiver, and when he was confirmed, you know, then it was then at that point <laughs> that he had to start making all of these moves in regards to being uh, being a board member of Raytheon, okay, because that's where he was. He was sitting on the board of Raytheon. Uh, now, it says here uh, in an article I had from Market Realist, when they're talking about what Raythe uh, what ties um, Lloyd Austin had to Raytheon, kind of what uh, money he had tied into it, what his net worth was, all that kind of stuff. This man is not a poor man. <clears throat> Pardon me. I haven't even had lunch yet. This man is not a poor man. He's not a poor man by any means. He owned over half a million dollars in Raytheon stock. Okay, in addition to being a member of the board, right? Um, uh, and uh, that wasn't the only company that he worked on, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, oh, no, 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 I take it back. Uh, Raytheon was actually, um, well, prior to Raytheon, he was with a company called United Technologies as a board member. Now, eventually Raytheon and United Technologies merged. When they merged, that's when he became a board member of Raytheon. Now, he received a compensation totaling $1.4 million for his four-year period with United Technologies. $1.4 million. Um, he then received a compensation of $380,000 in 2016 from Raytheon. He received $338,000 uh, $338, in 2017. $336,000 in 2018. And $3,051 hundred dollars um in 2019 this is all from raytheon so it's four years i guess that would be the, that would be the total of the 1.4 million dollars right um it, and and then when he became confirmed as the secretary of defense he had to cash out all of his stock and he stood to make up to 1.7 million dollars when he divested his shares from the company and its associated entities that was according to a financial disclosure document. So he made quite a sum of money. <clears throat> now he didn't, he did not, uh, he did not resign as a board member and sell off his shares until after he was confirmed, which people thought was kind of funny. Uh, I would think that too. But I mean, when you think about it, everything was very amorphous during that time period of what, uh, uh, November 3rd to January 20th, right? Um, so uh, who knows, maybe he didn't share his stocks because he thought there was still a chance that by some possibility, he may not actually be able to serve as the uh, as the head of uh, the armed forces there at the Pentagon. So it says uh, it says in addition to Raytheon, Austin also served on the board of Nucor, um, which is the largest American steel producer. I think that's pretty interesting. And also on the board of healthcare company called Tenet. Um, he is also a trustee of the Philanthropic Foundation of the Carnegie Corporation of New York. We all know about Carnegie, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need to get into that, uh, but he serves as a trustee for that foundation. He is also has his own consulting firm called Austin Strategy Group LLC in Great Falls, Virginia. We know these consulting firms, they could be anything from like tech hackers to like, uh, you know, uh, contractors to security agents. So it's like, what kind of consulting, what do you consult? 
Austin Strategy Group LLC? That would be a good question to ask. He was also commander of the combined forces in Iraq and Syria and commanded troops in combat throughout this command. He was awarded and decorated, including five, uh, five Defense Distinguished Service Medals and the Silver Star and the Legion of Merit. Okay, so that's what was going on with him. That's kind of some of his official background there. Um, Austin also previously pledged to recuse himself of decisions involving Raytheon for at least a year. So upon his, uh, upon, you know, when they do that whole hearing thing to confirm him, uh, he promised to recuse himself of getting back in bed with Raytheon for up to a year after he was no longer secretary of defense. He later on expanded that to four years. So he's now promised up to four years that he would not, uh, get back in bed with, Raytheon, but um, interesting enough, uh, he was not the only um, Secretary of Defense to be working with Raytheon. So you got to wonder again, like all of these people, like they all, I mean, I know the military world could be a small world, the, the armed services and defense world could be a small world, but they're all coming out of the same revolving doors. Now, you guys remember we talked a little bit about Mark Esper. We haven't really dug into him here, at least not recently on the C report. Now, we did talk about Mark Esper in um, probably like a March episode um, of the C report. And that, of course, was having to do with um, um, with uh, uh, what is it called again? With um, uh, Truman National Security Project, as well as the coup that they were taking. They were trying to instill to counter the supposed coup of Donald Trump back in October, November. Now, this is prior to the C report, but I, like I said yesterday, um, I do have a few articles written about that on the crreport.com. Um, information, again, that I got from Millie Weaver um, and some of the undercover work that she was doing to prevent that from happening. Uh, but as it was found out, uh, Mark Esper, who was fired by President Trump, was actually colluding with um, one Maria J. Stefan, who was working for the Pentagon, but then went on sabbatical to arrange this bureaucratic and kinetic coup against the Trump presidency that never took place and I believe primarily, and well, obviously the electoral fraud coup happened, but I'm talking there was going to be a kinetic coup. They had troops and Antifa and all of these organizations ready, Black Lives Matter. They were preparing them to do um, a, a shutdown of Washington, D.C. They were preparing this to happen in the event that Donald Trump did not give up the White House. They were going to basically unleash them onto Washington, D.C. and cause all of this chaos. That never happened. And I think the reason why that is primary is because Trump fired Mark Esper and he probably would have had the troops fighting alongside these people to take out President Trump. There's a lot of stuff that was going on here, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of stuff that is behind the scenes, a lot of the stuff I'm not even 100% clear about. So I won't give you too much of my own thoughts on what I think was going to go down. But that, from what I understand, is what was going on long about November 3 up until October 20th. And of course, we all were waiting for, you know, the military to come down on uh, the, the pseudo inauguration that was happening with. Uh, illegitimate Joe. We were all waiting for that to happen, but there's so much more, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's when I start talking about things like the 10th Mountain Division. Uh, we'll get into them in just a minute, even though it's kind of in my stream of thought right now. I, I want to still kind of parse through a little bit about 
Well, I mean, basically, that was basically it. Uh, as far as that goes, yeah, we can talk about the 10th Mountain Division. Let's go ahead and talk about that. All I was going to say next was uh, about him saying that he wasn't going to uh, get on the board of Raytheon again until about four more years after he left as Secretary of Defense. But Okay, so um, I didn't pull up the, um, I didn't pull, what do they call that again? Uh, whenever there's like, oh, I didn't pull up the drop, right? Uh, but the 10th Mountain Division was a pretty big thing for Patriots, especially in the Q circles. And I refrain from using the word Q anon because, you know, I never, anyways, but in the Q circles, people who were following the Q boards and stuff like that. Now, like I said, I didn't pull up the drop. Um, I, I thought about it, but I guess I didn't have enough time. Uh, but this is the one where they're talking about, uh, they, they, it mentions the 10th Mountain in there. It mentions Castle Rock. Maybe some of you guys remember that drop or whatever. But when this happened, a lot of the people that I know, they were like, and this is pre-inauguration, obviously, they were like, that's it, man. We got the 10th mountain in there. The 10th mountain's going to do it. They're going to be the ones that they're going to arrest everyone there. You know, Biden's going to be there. Obama's going to be there. Bill Clinton's going to be there. Bush is going to be there. They're going to arrest them all. It's the 10th mountain division to save the day. All right. We got the 10th mountain division, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> and then I was like, okay, so tell me a little bit more about this 10th mountain division. <laughs> well, come to find out this man here, Lloyd Austin, actually used to be the commander of the 10th Mountain Division. I found that out probably days before the inauguration. And, you know, I, I never, I just, I've never been the one to get on the bandwagon like that. Now, I mean, I have sources that will tell me certain things. That I'm like, yes, you know, and that's because, like I said, I trust my gut. So I trust my sources. And again, these are not, you know, government insiders or whistleblowers. These are just people who know things and report things. And I just happen to have the ears to hear these things. But um, when I heard that this man had been a commander of the 10th Mountain Division, something just did not feel right about that to me. Um, and indeed, uh, as, as it turns out, um, prior to the inauguration, not only um, was it decided that the 10th Mountain Division would be present. Now, I'm telling you guys, the 10th Mountain Division was present in Washington, D.C. during this inauguration. Now, also, of course, we had what? The National Guard. Now, snooping around the net, and I didn't bring these clips up for you guys, there were uh, like very short videos of people who had filmed the National Guard that was there on the scene during the inauguration and they had 10th Mountain Division patches on them. Uh, they look like this. I think I have it here. Where are they at? Yeah. Oh, it's blown up beyond compare. So, yeah, there's your 10th Mountain Division patch. Uh, so that that was seen on National Guard troops there. I had gotten word that 10th Mountain Division would be there. And also, I swear, guys, I went back and I looked at it. But I swear they thanked the 10th Mountain Division for being present at the inauguration. Maybe I didn't find the right clip or part of it, but someone thanked them from the podium. And uh, that's when I kind of, in my head, and again, this is just me and my analysis. You don't have to take it for its word. You can, you can take it with a grain of salt. That's when I got into my head that, oh, wait, we may have drained the swamp from politics and, and other things uh, or, or it's draining 
but we have not even touched the military industrial complex. Um, and so that's when I start to think to myself that this was going to start to open up that door where we can see who the players are within the military and the armed forces are actually part of the swamp or worse you know, whomever it is it is working for, uh, it may be worse than Soros. It may be worse than, you know, uh, I don't know, the uh, uh, the good old bankers, right? Like, um, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, for all we know, it's a group of five or six rogue generals that are have their own little uh, committee and group and, and you know, uh, party going on that is running some other business because the military industrial complex is, after all, a large apparatus, um, and, and it is controlled by a lot of these um, these interests. But uh, days before the 10th Mountain Division and the inauguration, well, it was said to be the 10th Mountain Division, I found, it kind of, I found it kind of interesting that we had Vice President Pence at the time actually go and speak to the 10th Mountain Division. So here we have a man who I never trusted Pence. To me, he was always the LBJ of the Trump administration. He was always meant to take over Trump's place and move all of their plans forward should Trump have been assassinated. Um, that's the way I viewed Pence. Then we have him speaking to the 10th Mountain Division, uh, he and his wife. So I'm actually, I am actually going to play a bit of that clip of then Vice President Pence. Look, at, I always thought he had a big old round Gerber baby head. Anyways, so, all right. So I'm going to play a little bit of this. I hope you guys can stomach it. Um, but just so you guys can see, he was there speaking to the 10th Mountain Division, whom I think might be the controlled wing of the deep state for the military. Something like that. Just my thoughts. Take them for what they're worth. Listen to your gut. Four years ago, we inherited a military that had been hollowed out by devastating budget cuts. Our troops hadn't seen a significant pay raise in nearly a decade. And there were reports that readiness was even being impacted with a lack of equipment and supplies. Our NATO allies weren't meeting the basic commitments they'd made to our common defense. And in the Middle East, Iran was resurgent. And the terrorist organization ISIS controlled a landmass larger than Pennsylvania. But under the leadership of President Donald Trump, we've rebuilt our military. We've restored the arsenal of democracy and enacted the largest increases in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan. with the support of our allies in Congress, we're once again giving our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guard, and Guardians the resources and the support that you need to accomplish your mission and defend this nation. And we also provided the largest pay increase in the last 10 years, and you deserve every penny. Now, let me say none of that would have been possible without the strong support of leaders in the Congress of the United States. And here at Fort Drum, it's important for me to tell you, none of that would have been possible without the strong support 
of Congresswoman Elise Stefanik on the Armed Services Committee of the House of Representatives. Would you join me in thanking Congresswoman Stefanik for her strong support for Fort Drum and our armed forces. See, now he brings up Stefanik, and we all know that she, you know, she took over the place of a uh, of, uh, uh, loser Liz Cheney there, right? Guys, you know, we have to watch and see what these people are going to do. But uh, I always feel like they put these people into a place for a reason. Our military is now better equipped, better supplied, better trained than ever before. We've upgraded our tanks, our artillery, our rocket systems. We have bolstered our fleet of attack helicopters and fighter planes. And with that strong commitment to our national defense and a willingness to use American power to advance American interests, our allies have stepped up as never before. Since 2016, our NATO allies have increased their contribution to our common defense by more than $130 billion. History teaches that weakness arouses evil. And our administration has always understood that if you want peace, you prepare for war. Peace requires two things. A strong national defense and a willingness to act to defend America's vital national interests. And I'm proud to report with just a few days left in our administration. Our administration is the first administration in decades that did not get America into a new war. That is peace through strength. And with that strength and with the valor of the 10th Mountain and our armed forces, Around the world, we've taken the fight to radical Islamic terrorists on our terms, on their soil. More than a year ago, our armed forces captured the last inch of territory controlled by ISIS. And the 10th Mountain was in the fight from early on. U.S. forces crushed the caliphate and took down their leader without one American casualty. And during these past four years, we've stood up to the leading state sponsor of terror as well. Withdrawing from the Iran nuclear deal, we've strengthened our alliances in the region and isolated Iran as never before. And when the most dangerous terrorist on the planet threatened to do harm to American forces, we acted. And Iran's top general, Qasem Soleimani, is gone. Thanks to American leadership and the courage and valor of our armed forces, a more peaceful Middle East is within our sights. Peace negotiations have resumed this month in Doha, Qatar, between the Afghan government and the Taliban. And for the first time in 26 years, four Arab countries have recognized Israel's right to exist.
So whether it be in the global war on terror or manning the ramparts of freedom in Europe, men and women of the United States Army have been at the tip of the spear. And you always will be. Your readiness, staying Army strong, is more important than ever before. The 10th Mountain Division in particular will be the vanguard in the years ahead to ensure that no nation will ever again become a safe haven for evil that could threaten our people or the wider world. We're all counting on you because we know we can. So on behalf of your Commander-in-Chief, let me offer you this admonition. In these challenging times across the wider world, be vigilant, mind your mission. Respect a unified chain of command. Keep taking care of each other. And never doubt that every decision you make matters to the defense of our nation and our vital national interests abroad. Give America your best every day in the very best tradition of the 10th Mountain Division. Okay, I'm going to pause there. Uh, I mean, I hear double speak whenever I hear things like this, guys. Like, you know, we, we're depending on you because we know we can. Uh, mind your chain of command, all that stuff. And it's almost as if to me, I mean, I, would we have to look into more of the history of the 10th Mountain Command? Uh, how did they use, how is, how is this one particular division been used before they were there uh post 9 11 as well um but then you see who goes and speaks to them who's in charge of them and stuff like that so that's kind of where i start to put some some stuff together in my own head and that's where my gut kind of tends to go with stuff like that but uh i can show you guys where the 10th mountain division is nowadays and uh hey i'm just gonna give a quick shout out to loyal to the foil hey girl what's up <laughs> I will see you in a little bit, most definitely. Thanks for stopping in uh, to, to say hello. <laughs> but check this out, guys. This is where the 10th Mountain is right now. Uh, it may not surprise you. It may not surprise you at all. going on here hold on ladies and gentlemen what how could this not be what okay hold on what okay there we go sorry about that y'all
gentlemen, on behalf of Major General Brian Menace and Command Sergeant Major Mario Trinas of the 10th Mountain Division and Fort Drum, welcome to the 10th Mountain Division and Fort Drum Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Pride Month Digital Observance. The theme for this year's Pride Month Observance is You Are Included. The first Pride Month celebration in the Department of Defense was held in 2012, less than two years after the Don't Ask, Don't Tell Repeal Act was signed into law, allowing lesbian, gay, and bisexual military service members to openly serve their country with honor and integrity. Since the appeal, the Department of Defense has taken important steps by removing many barriers to equal treatment faced by military families. In September of 2013, the Department of Defense fully extended benefits to same-sex spouses of uniformed service members and DOD civilian employees. They are fully entitled to all benefits earned through their loved ones' service. On the 20th of January this year, President Biden signed an executive order restoring protections for transgender troops serving in the military. This order also directs all federal agencies to review all policies to ensure that the LGBT community is protected from unlawful discrimination in the numerous areas, including housing, education, employment, and health care. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, hereafter referred as LGBT, Pride Month is celebrated each June to commemorate the 1969 Stonewall riots in Manhattan and to recognize the impact of LGBT individuals throughout history, locally, nationally, and internationally. LGBT Pride Month recognizes the joys and sorrows that the LGBT community has experienced, as well as the work that remains to be done. One significant figure from the American was Dr. Frank Kennedy, a former soldier who served in the European theater during World War II, a PhD graduate of Harvard University, and later as a civilian astronomer in the United States Army Map Services. However, only a few months into his civilian job, Dr. Kennedy was arrested in a sting operation and subsequently fired in a van from federal service because he was gay. His security clearance was revoked, which effectively prevented him from any future astronomy positions and all sudden jobs at the time required at the clearance. Dr. Kennedy was not included. More than 10,000 gay and lesbian federal employees were forced out of their jobs during the Cold War because when closeted, Homosexuals rendered such individuals vulnerable to blackmail for espionage purposes. Although many accused of homosexual conduct either discreetly resigned or committed suicide, Dr. Kennedy decided to appeal his dismissal and ultimately sued the federal government, specifically the Secretary of the Army. The case was dismissed, but he ended up appealing to this. Okay, so they basically go through the whole history of. Uh, you know, gays and stuff in the army. Uh, so, I mean, this is, again, the wokeism. So I guess apparently 10th Mountain was leading the way for them uh, <laughs> to get this done. But we already knew that this kind of thing was happening. Uh, now, again, like nothing, like I see some comments, nothing against people uh, doing what they do. But again, that's not what our primary focus should be when we're talking about protecting our country, serving our country and stuff like that. Shouldn't be about whether or not we're going to chop off our wee-wees or, you know, whatever. Like that's, uh, and that's something that we also see that's been coming back uh, as we saw recently that they're, again, 
uh, uh, talking about having uh, the VA pay for these kinds of things. Again, these are things that we shouldn't have to pay for ourselves out of our taxpayer money, uh, especially that's not what that's not what is is there for. Uh, but now, so so this is just that's kind of where they are now, apparently, um, and uh, that's where they are leading this country. So I'm sure Pence knew a lot about what he was saying when he was talking about um, uh, how they would lead the way uh, in the future for the armed services, the 10th Mountain Division. So now we can start to talk a little bit about some of the steps that uh, Lloyd Austin and his uh, his cabinet, uh, per se, uh, has taken towards, um, uh, towards the previous administration of Trump and also where they're moving forward, like we saw in that opening um, uh, slabo there between he and uh, uh, Matt Gates. Um, uh, this whole thing about critical race theory. So what is that all about? What's going on there? <clears throat> so let me see here. Let me go ahead and put the man back on the screen. Boop, there he is. All right. So uh, j- uh, so to start, after he had been confirmed, uh, General Lloyd Austin, uh, one of the first moves that he made was to strip several of a uh, hundred appointees from their posts at the Pentagon advisory boards. Um, now that was a big deal. So we're talking about people who may have been Trump appointed people who had been serving Patriots and stuff like that, which also goes into something that happened a little bit later on when he actually put a freeze, he put a stand down command on all the armed services so that they could take a day to mull over extremism and what that meant to them in their respective units and stuff like that. But in regards to uh, Lloyd Austin stripping uh, hundreds of employee uh, appointees, um, it said that his goal was to purge the department of Trump loyalists who were appointed to various advisory boards at the last minute. Um, It says here, Lloyd Austin also called for an immediate suspension of all committee operations while the Pentagon conducted a review of 42 advisory committees. Um, Lloyd Austin said in a memo to the department, advisory committees have and will continue to provide an important role in shaping public policy within the Department of Defense. That said, our stewardship responsibilities require that we continually assess to ensure each advisory committee provides appropriate value today and in the future as time and requirements change. Now, Reuters actually reported that the new defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, stripped several hundred appointees of their posts on Pentagon advisory boards, a number of whom took office at the end of President Donald Trump's administration. Um, The appointees include Anthony Tata, a former acting senior defense official who in 2018 called former President Barack Obama a terrorist leader and was placed on the defense policy board on January 19th, the last full day of the Trump administration. The two United States Department officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity said Austin would be asking hundreds of members of the 42 different boards to leave by February 16th. The cost of running the boards could be in the millions of dollars, one official said. Um, And then, of course, we had the stand down order. We'll run a short, uh, short newscast on that real quick. So you can see if you guys don't remember. The new secretary of defense, General Lloyd Austin, taking some strong action to tackle extremism in the ranks of the military. NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, has details on that for us. Kristen, good morning. 
Hi, Craig. Good morning to you. This is a really remarkable development. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announcing a military-wide stand-down order over the next 60 days to allow each branch of the military time to discuss white supremacy and the threat of extremism throughout their ranks. Now, this is a direct response to the attack on January 6th against the Capitol when rioters, including some current and former members of the military, stormed the Capitol. The Pentagon press secretary called that deadly incident a wake-up call, Craig. In the stand down order. How exactly will this work? What, what will it look like? Well, Craig, look, this is essentially a pause that gives service members a break in their regular activities. So each command and unit can have at least a day to have discussions about this serious problem. Now, just for context here, the military has previously announced other stand downs to address other issues plaguing the military, including sexual assault and racism. During his confirmation here in Austin, who is the first black defense secretary pledged to fight against racism and extremism inside the military's ranks. Take a listen. The job of the Department of Defense is to keep America safe from our enemies. But we can't do that if some of those enemies lie within our own ranks. Now, the Pentagon has studied the issue of extremism over the years, but so far hasn't released a data outlining the scale of the problem. Craig. All right. That's your Fort House correspondent, Kristen Well. Okay. All right. So getting back to it. Um, that was a report there. Now let me see what we got going on as far as that goes. So they're talking about this stand down that he had ordered. Now I remember when I heard about the stand down, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? What are they getting into with it? Um, but uh, let's see here. As he said, it was a direct result of what was going on with uh, the Capitol. Um, false flag riots occurred there on January 6th. Let me see here. That one will come up within a bit. Let me go over this real quick. Do I have that with me? No, I don't think I do. Oh, what is it? I had a copy of his stand down letter. I don't know what I. Oh, is this it? No, that's one for Christopher Miller. Okay, I apologize, guys. I had a copy of his stand down here, but I guess I don't have it with me now. Uh, let me see here. Oh, here it is. I found it. Let me open that up for you guys real quick. Okay, so here's the memorandum that Lloyd Austin had sent out to the armed forces in regards to that stand down. I'll go ahead and expand that for you guys. Now it says here, uh, stand down to address extremism in the ranks as service members or federal civil servants. Each uh, We each take an oath of office on entering into public service. The framers of the Constitution included the requirement to take an oath of office in the Constitution itself, while the nature of that oath may vary depending on the individual role you serve. All oaths include the commitment to support and defend the, the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Because we each took an oath to obey the law, support and defend the Constitution, and do our jobs to the best of our ability, we expect public servants to be guided in their actions by a strong moral compass, and without question, the vast majority of the men and women of this department serve with honor and uphold our core values. Service in the DOD is a privilege that comes with added responsibilities and obligations by nature of holding a national security position or having access to the nation's sensitive information. Those responsibilities are accentuated for service members who have accepted the jurisdiction of the Uniform Code of Military Justice and added responsibility inherent to good or order and discipline. 
Uh, we will not tolerate actions that go against the fundamental principles of our oath we share, including actions associated with extremism or dissident ideologies, service members, DOD civilian employees, and all those who support our mission deserve an environment free of discrimination, hate, and harassment. It is incumbent upon each of us to ensure that actions associated with these corrosive behaviors uh, are prevented. Commanders, supervisors, and all those who hold a leadership position within the department have a special responsibility to guard against these behaviors and set examples for those they lead. To that end, I am directing commanding officers and supervisors at all levels to select a date within the next 60 days to conduct a one-day stand-down on this issue with their personnel. Secretaries of military departments have discretion to authorize extensions beyond 60 days if required by the operational nature of the unit, as well as for the National Guard and Reserve Forces units. Department of Defense Instruction, uh, DODI 1325.06, handling uh, dissident and protest active activities among members of the armed forces provides the core tenets to support such discussions Leaders have the discretion to tailor discussions with their personnel as appropriate, but such discussions should include the importance of our oath of office, a description of impermissible behaviors, and procedures for reporting suspected or actual extremist behaviors in accordance with DODI. So you should use this opportunity to listen as well as uh, to the concerns, experiences, and possible solutions that the men and women of the workforce um, uh, we owe it as an oath we took and trust the American people have in our institution. All right. So that's the letter that he'd released then. Now, uh, at that point, he actually did do that. Now, of course, that was what back on February. It wasn't until I believe April that they actually did this stand down. Uh, now, according to NBC director, Austin's announcement was a direct result. Oh, we already talked about that. So let's go. Let's go ahead and talk about how basically what they were doing here was cleaning out the military of Trump supporters. Um, it said here the worldwide stand down of the United States military in April uh, to focus on extremism in their ranks. Um, this was uh, an indication that the one day session would not focus on both ends of the political spectrum and would not identify true extremism um, and how it had no place in the military. Uh, one, one wag snarked, just ask if they voted for Donald Trump. More seriously, retired Army General, uh, Army Brigadier General Thomas Kolditz, a former department head at West Point, told Fortune in an interview that he was very concerned about a strong Trump following in the military. Uh, Kolditz conceded that military men and women can be conservative, but Trump supporters who think that attacks on the United States Capitol is a good thing um, should be removed. That probably won't happen, he added, until the Trump loyalists are out. Department of Defense Instruction 1325.06 prohibits active participants in supremism, supremist, extremist, or criminal gang doctrine, ideology, or causes. The description fits white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and like-minded fringe hate groups. It also fits anti-fascist Antifa movement, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, led by self-identified trained Marxists and other leftist groups that instigate, exploit, or engage in violence or political purposes. Uh, during Okay, so then here we have some of those notes. Now we'll pop that up real quick. Uh, now this was from uh, this was from that training one three two zero five point zero six. A quick overview of what it says here. Why are we here today? 
um, S-E-C-D-E-F, Austin's February 5th, 2021 memo regarding the stand down uh, to address extremism in the ranks. Um, and then also down here, it says Austin's February 19, 2021 video and leadership stand down framework. The vast majority of the men and women in the United States military and those who serve the Department of Defense as civilian employees perform their duties and responsibilities with integrity and do not support racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists, including white supremacists and other domestic terrorists, such as anti-government violent extremists. However, recent um, uh, events have shown that we must be ever vigilant in our efforts to identify and combat such ideology within the ranks and organizations. Interesting enough, in the scenario card that they were given, they talk about um, this question here. Uh, my boss is always talking about Black Lives Matter. Isn't that political stuff that they're not supposed to be talking about at work? It said here, advocating for or against a public policy issue as here. So here they're calling Black Lives Matter a public policy issue is authorized as long as the behavior is otherwise lawful and the advocacy is not politically partisan in nature. An example, it doesn't specifically address a political party. If the discussion makes you uncomfortable, discuss the matter with your boss or another supervisor. So here they're giving BLM a pass. Basically, now there was some notes here. So BLM is categorically exempt from criticism, despite having an admitted Marxist foundation, declaring objective uh, objective of de-establishing the nuclear family, nearly 100% of donations going to the Democrat Party via, via Act Blue, advocating defunding law enforcement, seeing multiple police killed at BLM rallies, hundreds more injured, intimidating people on the basis of race, observed in countless videos, and rioting, burning, and looting, resulting in $2 billion of property damage. But according to Austin's um, uh, Defense Department, they can give Black Lives Matter a pass, and that is okay to be discussed within the ranks of the armed services uh, and whomever it is that they might be working for. So that's pretty crazy, guys. That's uh, that's another thing that was going on there. So now we had, of course, this entire uh, critical race theory thing. Uh, uh, and another, um, and this was uh, from the Federalists. I'm reading this information. It says the, the military academies are embracing critical race theory, which divides people with unresolvable accusations of systemic racism. Last year, a group of woke alumni issued a 40-page manifesto demanding that West Point make an anti-racist uh, central feature of the curriculum. Uh, curriculum, pardon me. Action items, including statements from all white leaders acknowledging how their white privilege sustains systems of racism. So it kind of makes you wonder why you have someone like General Milley wondering about white aggression and white rage. Well, this is something that we're talking about clearly here. Um, let's see. It also says uh, the Navy just released their task force one Navy final report. The 141 page document is filled with ideologically left vocabulary, including intersectionality, disparate impact and 338 variations of the word diverse. A five point TFN one and pledge make sailors and Marines promise to fight racism, sexism ableism and other structural and inter interpersonal biases, but it does not mention operational readiness or mission accomplishment. Uh, so that again, ladies and gentlemen, is where we're seeing this. And of course, Lloyd Austin is at the helm of this as their leader. He's made this one of their, uh, one of their primary objectives. 
uh, to combat, you know, this extremism as well as um, um, climate change. So that was a, that that one was kind of like whoa, because when you're talking about uh, someone who's in that position, uh, you're you're talking about waging war, preventing war, or finding a way to wage war by not you know, engaging in war, uh, you need a final outcome. You need an, you need an, uh, a finite enemy, I guess you could say. And uh, it's almost like the war on terror. You know, what exactly is something as ambiguous as the war on terror? What exactly is something as ambiguous as, um, you know, uh, climate change being um, um, a factor that uh, is a, um, a danger to our national security, you know? So Austin signed that memo after he ordered military white stand downs to address white nationalism and rid the military of extremism. Um, so, again, these are things that I just thought I would bring to the table with you guys uh, to show you kind of what this man, who he was, uh, what he's doing and what he's pursuing in this role as secretary of defense. Um, kind of in a nutshell, putting that there to you guys uh, so you could get an idea of who this man is, why, why what happened between him and Matt Gates and General Milley was kind of very important to look at. And again, we're talking about a man, a retired general, formerly working on the board of Raytheon um, and, and other such agencies, including America's largest still, but then again, also pushing all of these things uh, stripping any Trump supporters from, um, you know, committee boards as well as from the armed forces, looking at wokeism, uh, you know, re-examining, um, you know, where they're putting their money, transgenderism and all that other stuff. Uh, it kind of makes you a little bit sick to the stomach. I know it does kind of me as well um, when we're talking about these things. But, well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That was just a brief, exa brief examination an hour and a half later uh, about uh, General Lloyd Austin um, and his role as Secretary of Defense under illegitimate Joe's um, administration. So we'll see where it goes from there, ladies and gentlemen, because we know the State Department has pretty much gone fully woke. Uh, and they're looking at doing that with the rest of the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, etc. cetera. Uh, those moves are already being made. Um, and we'll see it with the critical race theory and also the firing of uh, uh, that one dude from the um, uh, from Space Force, just because, you know, he's, he was uh, criticizing Marx and critical race theory. Well, looks like we might have a bit of a road ahead of us. But like I like to say, that indeed can at least at least if we're looking at a silver lining, we can identify these people and uh, figure out exactly what they're doing. Consider that a mixed bag, uh, blessing or not. I try and look at the silver lining and things, but at least we can see we know for a fact when it comes to the swamp, the military, industrial complex, all of its players, those those guys still have to go. They are still there. They are still in place. At least we can kind of identify some of who they are, some of the divisions that work under them or whom they might be controlling. Um, and I was just basically trying to help paint a little bit of a picture clear in that regard. So I hope you all enjoyed the C report for today. My words are getting a little uh, jumbled there at the end, but uh, that is what I got for you guys. We will be back on the air tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Um, and uh, we'll be able to, we'll get back into some of the headlines and some of the news. Um, I thank you all for tuning in today. Now, don't forget in approximately 50 minutes, I will be live with uh, Miss Loyal to the Foil over there on Loyal to the Foil's channel. So make sure you guys check that out. 
I'm going to skip out now. Let me get the release, the lotto. Um, to those of you who donated uh, gold pills today, thank you very much for that. I do appreciate it. I won't be able to go down the list because I have to get dinner ready uh, and uh, in someone's belly before I get on with Loyal. So you guys have a great night. I will see you again tomorrow. If you don't stop by at Loyal to the Foils, I will definitely be there in a few minutes. Um, and uh, well, we'll see y'all then. So have a great evening and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Mr. C signing out. Mm -hmm.